but something had happened to him. And that was one of those ones where like, uh, should we keep the meat on this one? What do we so do like, this? so his, like he didn't have a muscle tongue. Uh-uh. He was just, it was totally mush. It was the weirdest, creepiest feeling I've ever like, just, you know, like yeah. uh, it was, it was weird. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I am Deercast. You are Matt. I'm not Deercast. I'm a Drury. <laughs> so funny. You are a Drury. You're I'm a Chelsea. Drury. <laughs> um, the show is powered by Deercast. I swear it's the only reason why I can get any contract signed. <laughs> because you got Drury in your name. Literally. Nice That's job. It. Hey, I use it to my advantage. I was going back through our podcast reviews and Uh (laughs) our old podcast reviews. Oh, yeah. The the Kenyan podcast. Yeah, because we still got a couple reviews on our current show, the current iteration of the show on that podcast feed. There are two 100% wild podcast feeds out there. One is dead. One is very much alive. As much as we'd love to get that first one taken down, just hasn't happened. It persists. It's out of our control. Like a zombie. (laughs) If you're going to give feedback to the show, use the Drury Outdoors 100% wild podcast. The real one. It was a five-star review. But it didn't go to us. Nope. (laughs) We need those. (laughs) The show got it posthumously. Mm. Okay. Well, how many episodes are on the old show versus the new show? That'd be the best way for people to understand which show they're leaving. Got up to eighty something. Did we get that high? I think so. Sixty to eighty. All right. And then we're on like two twenty one. I think now. Yeah. So we need those reviews on the new podcast. Please, please. We sound desperate here, Tim. But we're not. I mean. We, I don't even want the reviews if, at if this we, point. <laughs> We're too good for these reviews. No, no, I just don't want them because they've been so, so. People have been dinging me on this soundboard and I don't like it. Really? Mm. Couple. Well, that's better than your personality. Mm. Like better than dinging you on your personality. Like the ones we get about you. We don't have to talk about those. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> those are numerous and varied. Uh, but we do have some feedback. All right. Our 100% crew has been helping us out. If you want to be part of the 100% crew, it's a special super secret Facebook group. That anybody can get into. You will not get in unless you answer the questions. We've had some people try to get in. They have not answered the questions. Guess what they didn't get? In. I'll be honest. If it wasn't my podcast, I would not have got past the question step. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> why do this I got to answer? Much work. Why do I got to answer questions? Typing. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it, guys. <laughs> Tim set it up. This is a Tim deal. Some of the, the responses are funny to the. Uh, oh, yeah. It's questions. good. It's fun. It's fun yeah. inside there. Like, I, I look forward to it growing and, and becoming, you know, a, a, a fun new community and kind of inside an inside joke. F U N. Fun. Yep. We have 102 members now. Oh, so if we it's were like charging the biggest a, party you've ever been to, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> if we were charging a hundred or if we were charging $1 per member in that group, it's incalculable how much money we would mm. have right now. 102. Man, you're good at math. 
<laughs> should see my ACT score. Nice job. I didn't even have a calculator. I'm amazed you know what ACT is. Well, I took so, it twice. <laughs> okay. I'm very familiar with that. First time studied. Second time had too much fun the night before. Yeah. Forgot my calculator. Scored better. <laughs> so, oh, really? Oh, yeah, Tim. I guess it wasn't the performance anxiety aspect. No, no. The anxiety was... It was just more of a melted away. <laughs> well, this was a waste of money, is what I thought at the time. Like, <laughs> but look at you today. Yes, yeah, so educated. <laughs> this is a house of learned doctors. I should say I did not get my doctorate, <laughs> but someday you might. Mm, doubt it. <laughs> Seems like a, a lot of work that we don't have time for, Tim. <laughs> yeah. We got Deer Cast 2.0. We're trying to squeeze out we the pipeline. Have a doctorate in deer. Yeah. Oh, I like the transition there. So we never got to the shout out. All right. So Tyler Trend on the 100% crew over on Facebook says, love the latest episode with Mark and Grant, but I don't know what you guys are talking about because where I'm at in Minnesota, there are a crap load of turkeys and I've seen a ton of poults this summer. So, I mean, hey, that's awesome. I'm happy for you. Invite us up turkey hunting. I don't know if he's in an area where there's, you know, mostly timber or... Yeah, that's kind of the question people have been asking as they respond to the the Neonics episode we did. Like, is are you seeing an uptick of this where there's more ag and less where there's more kind yeah. of native forests and things like that? People just trying to draw a correlation. Definitely not saying we've like uncovered something with Grant here. It's not the end all be all. It's just another kind of thing stacked against the turkeys potentially. Yeah, so. yeah. Let's ask the question. I think in, yeah. in science, there's there's a a, a a precept called universal skepticism. Like you are skeptical of everything. You ask all the questions, even the stupid ones, because every now and again, stupid question has a really good answer. All right. Gilly goat four on Apple podcasts. It's like Billy goat, says, but Gilly goat. Good job for calling that out. Mm -hmm. He gives us five stars says, I wish I would have found it sooner. So I'm a little late to the party, but I started watching these podcasts about a month ago. I've seen the most recent, but I wanted to start from the beginning and work my way through. God bless you, Gilly Goat. I've made it through about 70 episodes. <laughs> That's a lot of That's a lot of How <laughs> much mom, time? My mom could not do that. Mm, well, my mom wouldn't watch one of these. <laughs> I think dad told her about the soundboard and showed her a little bit of one of them. And she was like, oh my goodness. Matt who? <laughs> That would son, not man. listen. This would not be the reason to disown me of all the things I've done <laughs> in my life. This there is are much low, better reasons. low, low on the list. <laughs> yeah, I brought I brought her two grandchildren. I'm in. <laughs> like, nice job. Yeah, short of. <laughs> I brought, I've never heard someone say it like that. <laughs> yes, mom, I are. brought you grandchildren. <laughs> hey, what more can I do? That's what all grandmas want. Brought are, the noise. That's right. Brought the grandkids. Brought the fun. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um. So Minnesota deer hunters are peeved, excuse my language, at- <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Thank you. That's a sensor beep <laughs> for Tim's cussing. <laughs> they're peeved at, uh, oh, there I go again. Uh, I missed at it. deer farmers. <laughs> it doesn't count if I hit the beep after you after, said Yeah, if word. I've ceased speaking and yeah, there's a beep. I need a delay. <laughs> um, but there's there's been an issue in Minnesota, and this is on DeerCast. This is uh, an article titled Hunters Seek to End Deer Farming. And whitetail hunters are weighing in on the, the deer farm um, trade up in Minnesota because of this one incident where uh, a deer hunter uh, or a deer farmer dumped a carcass that was uh, CWD positive. 
And so they're concerned that, hey, this industry is potentially impacting the larger herd in the state. We got to do something about it. Well, one bad apple, right? I mean, I this is- One bad deer. Well, it's not apple orchard, man. This, this is uh, one of those hot topic issues where you don't want to- like, It gets pretty heated because there are a lot more deer farmers out there than probably, I think, the average hunter even know about. I mean, it's a big business and 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 uh, uh, a lot of money in that business. Yeah. So um, I could see their point, though. I mean, if if you're, not, you know, and I don't know what CWD looks like up there. I know Wisconsin obviously is uh, riddled with it, and they've had crazy, you know, uh, DNR changes over the years because of a different seasons they've had to put in place, like different rules and uh, sure, it's it's there's a lot of a effect from this cause. So I don't know about Minnesota. I'm just not as familiar with Minnesota. I would assume they have some of this already taking place. But if you're a deer hunter and you're like, man, you know, we're trying to make sure that our seasons aren't going to like, they're just saying, Hey, we want to come in and kill every single deer in this area because there's a CWD positive. Like Mm -hmm. that's happening in my hometown of St. Genevieve and uh, man, locals understandably get really upset about this. And the question's always like, well, what would you do if it was your farm? And, you know, if the DNR's coming to tell you, hey. And you don't really have much of a choice. Not really. You kind of, I think they had a little bit of a choice, but not really. I mean, it was Probably. pretty much like, hey, we're doing this yeah. and we're going to bring in our own people if you're not going to do it. So, which is even worse. So what happens is everybody, you know, it's like, well, this they brought in these people. They're put out corn piles and they're killing these deer over corn piles yet it's illegal to use bait in our state and it's a tough thing to see as a hunter yeah and i'm not you know i'm not passing judgment but i get why local deer hunters would be upset peeved as you say mm-hmm. you are uh, watch your language mm-hmm. son because <laughs> uh it's man like it's a uh, one one chip fall one domino falls and then look out because yeah. it's not stoppable yeah yeah, the one aspect of deer farming that, that I don't think we talk about a whole lot is like if you see venison in the store, that's where that that meat comes from. It's yeah. like because you can't go out and can't sell hunt, yeah, deer and then sell them to a commercial enterprise. Although I can't say that I've seen a lot of venison in the stores, other than if it would be like some sort of jerky or. You, you know what I mean? I mean, have you seen much? Like yeah, you, he, like he had to go to like, uh, um, it's not uh, Whole Foods if you're fancy. Gotcha. Straubs if you're really fancy. Uh, uh, these are local. What, fresh Time yeah. is, is another kind of organic. So like, they have venison, huh? It's last I checked, this was two years ago. I just, I, I strolled by the meat case to see what they had. Strolled by the old How meat case. How much do you, I mean, that's a classic Wednesday afternoon for me. <laughs> How much do you think a pound of ground venison went for two years ago? Uh, this is not the wildlife. 12 bucks? Higher. Oh. 21 Holy, I mean, I always knew hunting was expensive. <laughs> I mean, I'd hate to tell you, but if you put a number to what, it'd be like 80 bucks for yeah, a Yeah, let's, let's not do that exercise. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, all right, I don't have to buy any meats. Or, well, you didn't, this isn't an argument for why you should If you hunt. reallocated your spending towards meat, you'd come out ahead yeah, as okay. opposed to hunting equipment. Sure. But uh, but yeah, if, if you know people, if they order venison at a restaurant or... Or, or buy it at the grocery store. It's and, and most of our people are not doing that. Like yeah. we're sourcing it ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I've seen bison and stuff like that a little more readily available in a grocery store than sure. But I haven't seen too much uh, 
straight. You better stroll by the meat case a little more frequently, <laughs> son. Well, now I've I called you son twice now. It's kind of demeaning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a year or two younger than you. <laughs> but like, but how we behave though. There's light years between us. Mm, yes, there is. <laughs> I proved it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going nuts on eating a few too many pecans. and I went nuts on having a few too many shots. <laughs> That's drinking, son. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hung out with my college friends. We, we, we used to have a guy's trip every every summer, you know, yeah. Chicago or Nashville or Vegas or something. Well, we're all married and nobody's gets to do that anymore. Are your rowdy friends have settled and down? And so we went to the lake. Uh, Mom and dad were nice enough after m- months of me asking. And you with, bringing them two grandchildren. And bringing two grandchildren. Months of me asking if we could go. Finally, had to confront them to get an answer. It was a reluctant yes. And I proceeded with seven of my friends coming. And Did they know that? Like, Well, shortly after I, they said yes, dad's like, oh, who else coming? Then you dropped the other. There was actually eight other people at that point. We had one drop. But uh, he said, dad was like, I thought it was going to be like three or four people. I was like, oh. Not wrong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, he just replied, maybe some will not come. One. <laughs> Got his wish. <laughs> was that like in the hopes that you would disinvite someone? I don't know, but I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Good call. We've always, it's, this is the group that's always going on the trip. I wasn't going to be it's like. It's the pancake breakfast. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Do so. it every month. <laughs> so we had a good time. Several libations and. Nice. Well, while you were relaxing at the lake, I was toiling in my suburban jungle food plot. It wasn't relaxing, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. It's hard to party that hard. No, oh, man. <laughs> I know you don't relate to this. Yeah, no. <laughs> this party hard you speak of. Let me tell you. <laughs> tell me more. Uh, I still feel it. It's Tuesday here as well, we film this. I, so I'm two weeks out from the worst poison IV uh, that I've ever had in my entire life. But did you die? From... <laughs> I will eventually, probably not from this. Okay. But it was it was ridiculous. So we we cleared out. It's probably a three quarters of an acre plot in this suburban. Uh, it's a nine acre parcel that I hunt. The deer come through there pretty regular. They never have a reason to stay, and so like I'm always trying to catch them as they're passing through. And uh, so I got some buddies together. We went out and we chainsawed and we weed whipped and we just, I mean, it was so thick in there. It's a pretty standard oak hickory forest, but it had grown up with a lot of honeysuckle, coral berry, a lot of stuff that just doesn't have much aside from just sheer cover. Deer feel real good in there because you can't shoot, you can't see. Um, but, uh, but we cleared it out. But in the process, so that was Saturday, two Saturday mornings ago, I did that. Running the chainsaw, I think what happened was I must have ripped through some poison ivy vines and the the chainsaw is spitting back pulp and plant juice on me. It hit me from like the abdomen down to my waist and down my upper thigh. It looks like a, it looked like a huge bruise, like a terrible birthmark, like from the crash test dummy song. Like I got hit real hard in the midsection and then I had it on my arms and stuff. I was, that's what she said. Yes. (laughs) I was going through and proofing this gear review we did on the Stanley, uh, insulated, uh, bottles. And I was like, what's wrong? Oh, my arms. I've got these nasty scars on my forearms. I'm sure our partner will appreciate it. They'll say, this guy's real. Yeah. He's not made up. He doesn't have a makeup team. Really lucky. Yeah, rashy. <laughs> this guy's making me itch. <laughs> Getting the heebie-jeebies <laughs> just looking at him. But man, it is hard taking a, like 
just, it's not a field, it's a straight up forest and turning it into an open space where you're getting sunlight down mm. to the forest floor. So did you end up planting or no? Not yet. I haven't got to that point. Yeah. I mean, we brought in 240 pounds of lime, limed it, uh, <laughs> hit it with, um, uh, hit it with Gly a couple times. Uh, we got a rain after the first uh, application and uh, not everything had died off yet. So it's cleared out right now and just waiting to be dissed up and then uh, fertilized and planted. The challenge is, is it's so kind of back in this thicket. I don't know if we're going to be able to get any kind of machinery like a tiller back in there to rip up the soil. So, I mean, do you think you'd have any success just hand seeding or no potentially i mean that that's kind of what that hot that biologic hotspot is known for uh, but i want to like i put so much work into this piece i want to give the seed every chance it can to germinate so um if it just proves to be impossible then i'll f- just throw it and hope i you know t- hope to time it with some rain yeah um but f- i'm going to try to mechanically rip up the soil first if i can speaking of timing the rain <laughs> so we had a pretty pretty large rain event come through the Midwest over the weekend, like starting, I think Friday, maybe Friday, Saturday. Okay. And <clears throat> I, you know, looking at the calendar, everybody, every person planting a food plot is glued to like the 10 day forecast right now and yeah. deer cast. And so I'm looking ahead days in advance. I'm like, all right, it's gonna, it looks like it's gonna rain here this weekend. Even though I was gone, I thought, okay, maybe we can get it in on Friday or Thursday or whatever. Just get it in a day or two before. So I text dad because I've never planted this early. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I know the perils of planting this early, but I thought, well, let's see what these guys are doing. So I text him. He's like, nah, you don't want to go this early. You you know, it'll just burn up. If you don't get any more rain after this, you're really going to burn up. And it, August is notorious for pretty dry, pretty dry. And, uh, I was like, oh, okay. It's supposed to be a really good chance, but okay. I'll skip. I'll hold off. I'll hold off. Two days later, I'm checking out Instagram. Forrest, Terry's farm manager. He's doing a set of stories where he's getting seed in the ground before this rain hits. <laughs> so I, I sent him a Sounds D- brilliant. I sent him a DM and I go, what what happened here? I just asked dad what he's doing. And he said, no, it's too early to plant. He's like, well, he called me this morning and, and I asked him the same thing. I said, should we plant? He said, no, it's too early. And he called me back two hours later and said, yeah, let's go ahead and plant. I was like, and you're left out of the loop. Well, and for me, it's totally different because I have to get the implement. I have to find an implement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I got to lead on one, but I got to find an implement. We got to coordinate it, Scott. And, you know, we got to, we got to plan it it's out a, a little better. It is a thing. It's not just, eh, on a whim, <laughs> let's go knock out, you know, 10 acres of food plots, which yeah. I only got a small parcel. Like we've, so, Two two leases. The one lease we had hired it out to Timmy Sigler, who's got a, a food plot company that he's you know he puts in food plots and sure. and all that stuff. Kind of a farm management company that he's trying to really get rolling off the sure. ground. So he lives like half hour, twenty minutes from this other piece. So okay, let's have Timmy do that piece. He's got all the equipment. So we did get that one in. We he was on my cell cameras all night, like through two three. 3 a.m., 3.30, Timmy was going back crazy. and forth planting all this stuff. And so he had worked. He's got a full-time job. He works at a lumber yard. He worked all day. Mm-hmm. Then he went and started 
putting in all these food plots. Then he went, Scott said to plant more food plots after our food plots. So that was one farm is in. So that that's good. Cause I got a couple of really nice deer showing up on that piece. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's good. But the other farm, you know, we, we, Scott and I are going to do it ourselves and, and we got to get the implements. We got to coordinate, mm-hmm. we got to plan. And as soon as I saw, as soon as he said that, he goes, he likes to keep me on my toes. I'm like, yep. He does. Hand in the loop. <laughs> Not so much me. Yeah, it's okay. So, but we did, I think I had like uh, two inches at the Ellsbury lease and then it rained again the next night, okay. had another 0.85, like it got good rain. Yeah, yeah. And w- the other caveat to it is we have beautiful temperatures this week. It's not too hot. It's like 80 degree highs. So I I am a little bummed because looking out, like we got a 30, 40% chance this Friday, but it's like, you know, a 10th, a two, two, like really light rain. Warm up again to 90, 95, 97, the whole next week, you know? So I'm like, I I think I'm going to wait now. I've kind of talked myself out of it because I was like, we need to get it in the ground. But then I'm like, all right, let's wait it out again yeah, and try to hit something later in September or in August rather, because the other part of this, first of all, I don't really have, I got one good deer on that piece and he's coming, you know, showing up nocturnal. He's only showing up when I have analogics out. So it's like, Mm -hmm. he's not on me. I don't think he's on me. And I thought, all right, I'm going to probably be gone in Kansas early in September or mid-September, mid to late September when our Missouri season opens. So it wouldn't be the worst thing if I planted it a little bit later because I won't be there. You know, you say it's a month after that and it's the end of September. Sure. It might be good timing, actually, early October for for that to be starting to get real palatable. Yeah. So what are you going to plant? Uh, there I'm p- putting all r- biologic radishes okay. in on, on the other piece on the other lease, we put in a bunch of last bite, gotcha. biologic last bite. So, and then I think probably most likely our plan will be to, to frost seed it, you know, in February and have some clover plots and then okay. maintain the clover plots probably. Sure. So we'll see, but yeah, so that's, I did not get anything in the ground, but mm. we're, we're prepped and ready. I mean, Scott has it all. The, the weeds are all killed and we've had it mowed a few times and I mean, it looks good. It's ready yeah. to go, but we need some, you know, we need to till it up and we need to get some dirt <laughs> moved around before we start putting seeds on it. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you are putting in any more stands but like, that's another, that's another whole bucket of work. And I've got a, yeah. a muddy blind. I got to pop up on this plot and like, there's still a lot more to be done. I'm kind of running out of weekends. Yeah. We've, we're starting to get kind of all of our chess pieces in place over on the new lease. Uh, and we're going pretty, it's just one gigantic field with timber that kind of the pro- the way the property lays out, there's not a ton of timber before it just kind of the, the property lines there. And then it just it's like a ravine almost. I mean, it's like goes straight down. And so the theory is like this, the first time it's been, it's planted in beans that will be harvested, but we're going to keep quite a few as well around the blinds. So Mm -hmm. we moved in quite a few blinds and platforms trying to, and we really, we're not a hundred percent positive where the deer are going to move. There's an access road that goes through there. Like it's, there's some, you know, some things that we don't have control over. Um, but we feel pretty good about like right now, some good, good daylight pictures of some good deer and pretty exciting stuff. This deer are fueling your addiction to cell camera technology. It is. I don't, I mean, I don't want to go in. I don't want to, <coughs> I mean, I just want to put more cameras out and not go in ever. Yep, it's that's slick. You know, when you can actually get a signal, it's, it's, 
like I would highly recommend it. Whatever you can afford, get yourself a cell camera yeah. and try it out. It's a spicy meatball. Mm. <laughs> it means good. Oh, street oh. talk. I don't like spice. <laughs> let's uh, let's help our buddy Tanner. He's got the question of the day this week. All right. So the question of the day is proudly brought to you by Leupold, making world-class optics that bear the family name for over 100 years. Be relentless. And Tanner is wanting to know what releases we shoot. Tanner kind of asked a larger question, and he's part of the 100% crew on Facebook. <clears throat> he kind of wanted us to do a deep dive on all the gear we use and oh. why and any any mods or adaptations that we make to our gear to make it easier to hunt with or to get an advantage. Uh, so I thought I'd take one of his questions, what releases we shoot, and we dig in on that. All right. Go for it. So I, I transitioned to a handheld release probably six or seven years ago to help with target panic. And I haven't, I haven't gone back from that. So I shoot the true fire, hardcore revolution mm -hmm. four finger mm -hmm. release mm -hmm. that you'd shoot your bow with. <laughs> I was looking for a sound bite, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> it would have been cool, <laughs> but, but that really has helped me with, um, with target panic i you can still have target panic with a handheld release i think it's it's a it lends itself to more uh kind of instinctive back tension style shooting so th that's what i've that's what i've gone with here the I, i've shot that release now for probably three or four years i've been shooting the caliper release for a long time i think right now i'm shooting the smoke i think it's the true fire smoke I think is what it's called, but, but I've had it for years and yeah. I don't know, man, I've tried some others. I don't feel comfortable. I, I just, I, I don't know. I've lost a few arrows trying others. I just yeah. don't feel very comfortable, but I do feel really comfortable with that caliper style release. And I know that's not the kind of like the new age, like popular thing, but what the kids are doing. That's right. But it works for me. And I, I, I mean, I've had, I just feel a lot more comfortable being able to know that I can hold almost the back part of it yeah. and keep my finger off that, the trigger, you know, and just kind of hold on to the back part. Uh -huh. If I got to sit there for a long time, I just feel more comfortable sure. with it and, and be able to grip that part and really put a lot of tension there instead uh -huh. of like, you know, just ready to, you know, hit the button and go. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's a, a lot of people like we'll fight about this and I don't think we need to fight about if, it, Tim, but we'll fight about something else. <laughs> we'll meet up by the bike rack after school, <laughs> but really if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like if you find something that works for you, that, that, that's the most important thing in archery. Yeah. That, you know, that caliber style, Mark uses it, Terry uses it. You know, there's plenty of people still use it out there yeah. to plenty of archers. But if you look at a lot of the tournament guys and, you know, they're, sh guys. they're shooting that new, newer style. It's not even new, new really. I mean, at this point, but then true fire came out with, what was that one last year? Uh, put the, the through the through, the through fire, through fire. Yeah. I lost two arrows with that. <laughs> That's a tricky one. You got to really go to a range where they got a big target. That's all I get. Start at 10 yards. Well, and that <laughs> kind of stuff gets you. in your head. And that, that's why a lot of people don't shoot a handheld release because usually in the process of learning it, you punch yourself in the jaw. Yeah. 
and it's not a fun experience. That through fire was is really neat in theory. I thought, oh, I would like to change this thing. This this is cool. And seeing other people shoot, it's like, oh yeah, this yeah. makes sense. You basically are just kind of going through your motion. And you, you draw back and you put just an extra little bit of tension, right? And it, yeah, yeah, and it goes through. That's apparently how you're supposed, <clears throat> and th- that's how you're supposed to shoot a caliper release is almost using back tension to fire it. But very few people do because it's just not intuitive. Well, so that seems like you'd have to be a little more technical of an archer than I am. I mean, I'm just a step above a weekend warrior in, in the amount of time that mm-hmm. I get to, to, to shoot my yeah. bow and, and all that stuff. I've tried to shoot every day, especially during the season, obviously, go before I go out. But in general, I feel like that is one where you need to be <clears throat> practicing way more than I do. So when I did the first time, the feeling, it was interesting because the feeling you get to where you feel like, all right, I'm ready, but it wasn't shooting. And then all of a sudden I pulled like my arm, my right arm Uh back a little bit further. Well, all of a sudden it kicked my bow, you know, my whole body Uh rotated with it and the arrow went flying. Like then Tim made fun of me like, Oh, you idiot. I I made fun with you. I think we were all laughing out Mm. there, having a good time. I don't recall. I think we were holding lemonades and we clinked them together. No. You're not a (laughs) douche. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tanner, thank you for the question. Keep them coming guys. We appreciate it. Um, But we would love to have some more, uh, audio recorded ones, which I think Tim and that, and that podcast crew, uh, deal, he put up the link to yeah. take you right to where you leave a video version yep. or an audio version rather. And, and the link is in every set of show notes. Although some, some podcast players kind of suck. Like Apple still kind of sucks because they won't allow you to embed links in text. Can't, can't wait to get deplatformed. Thanks, Tim. Oh crap. <laughs> They're watching. Oh man, they're gonna they're gonna shut Deercast down too because of that. Mm. They are petty. <laughs> What's not petty is the wildlife word. It's gonna change everybody's life. Mm. Wildlife word is brought to you by the American Hunting Lease Association, your hunting access resource. Woo-wee. Every time I say that, I think of the American Honky Tonk Bar Association, <laughs> which I don't think Brooks actually. Song exists uh, but it could i think it could someone google that look we don't live in oklahoma it could be down there i <laughs> just don't know okay uh so uh, an sos buck is a buck that a is on mark drury's target list <laughs> b has one regular antler and only a spike on the other side uh, is it uh, cans of venison that old time sailors would save for times of emergency or is it D, both A and hmm. B? I'm going to go with D, actually. <laughs> it's not a bad guess. It is wrong, well, sir. What? Well, it's, it's B, then. It is B. Yeah, it, but that's it, it, A it kinda, and B. It can. Oh, I see what you... Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you got it. So... God. <laughs> we can just do the whole thing over. No one even has to hear this. No one is hearing this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's called, it's either SOS or sometimes they're referred to S-O-O-S and it Seuss. stands for spike on one side. You just made this up, didn't you? You wish I did. No, I feel like you did. I'm not creative enough to do that. I know you're our writer here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you ever seen a buck with like real antler over here and then one day, <laughs> you really go with the hyena laugh. <laughs> He did it. The audience is 
They love They're it. clapping. They love my There's jokes. There's one guy over there glowering. <laughs> Can't help him. His name's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a graduate. <laughs> Alan's got some mighty fine glower power. Mm. There was um, a graduate student that did some research and found that typically a uh, spike on one side buck is, uh, is formed as a result of a skeletal injury, usually from fighting. And that they can actually come back in subsequent years and grow an actual full-fledged ant- like set of antlers on that side. So you're telling me that a spike is fighting before he has the spike. So he's out there with nothing. I mean, it could be a, ma- a maturity that gets in a fight. Headbutton people or what? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's picking on people specifically. <laughs> but guy. like, think of a, a mature deer, fully racked, yeah. gets in a bad fight, injures his skull yeah. during during the fall. I'm listening. And then the next year, he comes back with a, you know, his left side is fine, but his right side is just a spike. Eh, usually it's not just a spike though. Usually there's, you know, two, three, you know, say he was a, a five by five and mm-hmm. he comes back with it's just like deformed and mostly one big main beam that's going straight up but there's like little things on it something's messed up yeah and so i see that a lot they just call they just call that spike on one side like something is very asymmetrical Hmm. about that and usually it's from injury yeah they weren't able to tell i i killed a buck on dream season 10 that they we called uh gargoyle he was actually called something way worse, but we couldn't air that. And so we called him Gargoyle. No, I'm curious. Uh, and uh, he he was all kinds of jacked up. And he steps out and it was gun season, I think. Yeah, it was gun season. He steps out and I shoot him. And back in those days, we were shooting Thompson Sinners. It was a one shot, you know, it was just one shot at a time. So I'm putting another shell in. And so I'm looking down and I look up. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And dad's like, he's right down here. He's right below you. So I just shoulder the gun and shoot him and drop him. Well, we go up on the steer and man, we looking back at the footage, which you can see all this. It's in Deercast under the DOD TV side. Mm -hmm. You can go to dream season. I'm almost positive dream season 10. I hope you're not lying about this. (laughs) Yeah, making this whole elaborate story up. <laughs> it's an insignificant lie. <laughs> Get the, you nowhere. I, the buck is right there. I'm staring at it. I it's can the see blank it. wall over there. Yeah. So, anyways, so we get down, we go over there, and uh, the deer is like completely mush. Ugh. The whole body is mush, not from the shot. Like it's something had happened to him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if he had been hit by a car or if he had, you know, whatever injury from fighting or or what. But so one side was kind of like you're saying, it was very spiky, but it, it had a few other things going off. But uh-huh. basically, it was like lightning almost coming off the one side, and it had some velvet on the other side still. And oh. so this would have been mid November when I shot him. Yeah. And, um, and the other side was perfect. And if he would have, you know, measured the same on both, he would have been in the sixties. This deer was a nice deer, but something had happened to him. And that was one of those ones where like, uh, should we keep the meat on this one? What do so we do like, this? so his, like he didn't have any muscle tongue. Uh-uh. He was just, it was totally mush. It was the weirdest, creepiest feeling I've ever like, just, you know, like it was, it was weird. That's uh, something similar happened to Layden force from North American whitetail. Yeah. When we went out and hunted Oklahoma this past year, yeah. he and his guide saw what they thought was a mature deer. Like it looked like relative size and everything. It looked like a mature deer. They shot it. And I don't remember how far off it was. It was a ways that when they walked up on it, it was tiny. Like it had all the proportions of a, 
of a mature buck. And dwarfism. It was, yeah, it was like a pygmy whitetail. Whoa. And when they, it had weird muscle tone also, but when they peeled back the hide, it was like yellowish on the That's inside. how this was. That's how this was. It was disgusting. The, the, the outfitter had never seen it. I mean, yeah. they've killed, I don't know how many hundreds yeah. of deer on their property. Yeah. I'd like what, to know what that is. I don't know. This was so long ago too. I mean, that would have been probably 15 years ago. Eh, maybe not 12 years ago. It was, it was a while okay. back, but that was the first buck I had ever shot since the first buck I ever oh, shot. Geez. It was like 10 years later. Welcome back, buck. Yeah. So the first one I ever shot was on dream season one. Mm-hmm. And then the the very next one was dream season 10. I took a little bit of a, though, here again, circling back, those college prodigal son. <laughs> yeah. I took a little bit of a hiatus in college. It was bad idea, friends. <laughs> yes. Well, I met up with them again this past <laughs> weekend. They're still bad news. <laughs> I'm sure you guys kind of are a synergy of bad news together. Yeah. We're perfect storm of yeah. shit show. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone else has seen something like that in a deer, I'd be really interested in hearing what, what the circumstances were and what they think it is. Yeah. Meet up in the old podcast crew and send us a picture or a video. The of old it. crew. <laughs> That's two weeks old. You know, what's funny about the crew is that Lee Jost, we had him on a couple of episodes ago. He had what he called the crew. His crew was really, they were really cool. They were like, sounds look like, like rock crew. stars. Yeah, sounds like I feel guys. like our crew misfits, geeky. Oh, that's <laughs> not the people joining shocked. us and the five friends of yours that you asked on uh-huh. the five friends of mine that I asked on. We got to start somewhere. Yes. They've seated the group. Yes. And now we're getting the cool kids. <laughs> Usually, but if you start with a bad seed. <laughs> well, yeah. What's going to, what good can come from a bad yeah. seed? Nothing. Not much. <laughs> not much. So, well, uh, so we should say that next week we've got Caleb Byers on the show. Now, this will be a good one because Caleb's, he's got, I mean, he's got his own following, honestly, at this point. He's been on, he was on Midwest Whitetails for years Mm -hmm. and him and his wife, Taylor, they're just putting down big deer after big deer year after year. And, and a lot of times doing it on really small parcels or some instances they were doing it on public land. And I mean, just really a a hell of a hunter and a fairly young guy. So I I look forward to having him on and diving into all the knowledge he's got, seeing what his plans are for this year. He's seven years old. (laughs) Well beyond his years, (laughs) but he's super mature for his age. (laughs) So stay tuned for Caleb's show. That'll be a good one. Unlike us. And be sure to submit a question to the show. If you want to be in the podcast crew, send me money or just go to Facebook and uh, search 100% 100% Wild Podcast crew. I tell you what, from here on out, anybody that leaves us an audio question that we use on the show, they're getting a brand new Richardson 112 DeerCast hat. Girl. And they have to email me with, when they hear their question used on the show, email me their details. Oh, of their so address. Can, yeah, so yeah, can, yeah, so we can ship it to them. I, can, I can give people hats all day long, but like the actual- You get a hat, you get a hat, you get a hat, you get a, I feel like Oprah up here. <laughs> well, a lot of times people have likened you to her. Mm. Yes, powerful. It's so powerful. <laughs> Let's move on, Let's shall we? shut this one down. <laughs> Let's do it. Thanks for watching slash listening, everybody. Until next time, peace out. The results are in. DeerCast said it was supposed to be a great night. Well, here you go. DeerCast said great. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in DeerCast. Hunters love DeerCast's exclusive deer movement forecast. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast.